Welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast answering questions asked by our listeners. Created by pet professionals for pet professionals. And now, your host, Hey Joe's very own, Joe Zuccarello. What's up, everyone? Joe Zuccarello here, and welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast brought to you by Paragon School of Pet Grooming. Check out our site at paragonpetschool.com for lots of really cool information on a variety of programs, products, and to connect to educational resources such as webinars, podcasts, current events, special news, certifications, and lots of other helpful information to help you grow yourself, your team, and of course your business. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hello again, Hey Joe listener audience. This is Joe Zuccarello, your host of the Hey Joe podcast. And I today am talking with a really special guest about a topic that is just so near and dear to my heart and something that is that is just, uh, uh, I think, so important to people, especially in this year, the year that you're hearing this for the first time. We're living through this, this COVID pandemic and life is happening, not just around us, but life is happening to us. And, 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 and things are coming at us from a variety of different areas, sometimes areas we never even expected. Well, there, I'm, the, my guest that I'm talking with today sort of created some of those things for her, even though sometimes life was happening to her. And we're going to explore her success path before and during and after her education and learning how to groom dogs. So this whole topic of this podcast is what's next for me? What can I do uh, with my new skill set? And what is this career like after grooming, whether it be grooming school or, 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 or learning as an apprentice or however you, you pick up your skills, what is life like after quote unquote graduation? So without further ado, I would love to introduce, it's my honor to introduce the Hey Joe listener audience to Stacy Deshko Carney, who is a, a previous Paragon School of Pet Grooming graduate and now business owner. Stacy, thanks for hopping on the podcast with us today. Thanks so much for having me. So Stacy, your story is so special that I, I, I've been begging and pleading with you to do the podcast and I'm so glad that today is here. We're actually doing it uh, together and I think your story is just going to resonate with so many people out there. Stacy, tell, tell the Hey Joe listener audience a little bit more about yourself and, and, and what you're doing these days. Well, um, I just recently celebrated one year of very successful business in my uh, mobile grooming van. And I guess that it's been probably one of the most exciting years of my life in kind of a, a weird way, even though 2020 has been, well, it's been 2020. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it's also been um, good for me in a lot of ways. So Stacy, you had a career that was far from anything that resembled dog grooming prior to making the switch. What, what did you do? What was your life like before dog grooming? Well, I used to teach radiologic technology at a regional university. Um, I was the clinical director and I oversaw approximately, but from year to year, and sometimes I had help and sometimes I didn't, but around 70 students at 10 different hospitals. And I had to make sure that they knew what they were doing and that um, they were doing what they were supposed to <laughs> was probably um, my biggest part of my job. 
So not and, only were you an educator, but you were also, you, you were, you're, that was your job, but you were also, uh, uh, you're an educator, but also very technical in, yes. in, the, in, the, in the education field as well. Yes. Yes. So um, that was, I don't know exactly at what point I knew that I wasn't exactly happy doing what I was doing, but you know, like, I think if you, anytime you worked in kind of a, a setting that you don't have control over when you're in the middle of your career and you feel almost trapped, um, lots of people have thoughts like that. That's like, you're miserable in a job, but you don't really have any choice except to stay. And there may be parts of it that you love, but then there's the bureaucratic side of it that you can't stand. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of stuck in, in this cycle of, um, in some ways I loved what I did. Um, in other ways I hated it, but that was what I was going to do. You know, I was a college professor and I was successful and I had a, the education to do the job that I had. And I just felt like that was what I was going to do. I didn't have a choice like to say, leave and go teach at another university without moving. And, and, then, and then life happened to you, didn't it? Yes, life happened, yes, life, it did. Something came, something came and, 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 you know, I, I've often heard people, and, and Stacy, we have so many of our, uh, uh, of the students at the Paragon School or on learntogroomdogs.com that share a similar story and saying that, that, you know, if life didn't happen to them, they might not have made a choice that they made. And we're going to get to what life happened to you in just a moment, but I want to make sure that we're resonating or allowing you to know how many people you're resonating with on this podcast that are looking at either a, did I make the right choice into becoming Mm -hmm. a dog groomer or should I become a dog groomer? So you're going to resonate with a a, a number of people and and, and at at a variety of different stages in their lives. So Stacy, tell us what happened to you that kind of opened this new door for you. So um, working in higher education is not really a secure field as much as you might feel like it would be from the outside. We work on contract. So I had been working at the university for 10 years. And then one year they um, decided not to renew my contract and to hire adjuncts to do my job, which uh, was devastating to me. because I was not a person that had ever failed at pretty much anything that I wanted to do. I had always been like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. These are the steps I'm going to take, take to make this thing happen. And I make A's, you know, that's what, that was what I used to always say. Hmm. Um, and then, so I lost my job and then within seven days, um, there was a big storm that came through and blew a humongous pine tree over onto my house and crushed my kitchen and dining room. I mean, I could see parts of my house that I should have never seen. I could see outside through the roof of my house. So it was like this, this big thing that happened that was a huge trauma right on top of losing my job. So I was going through this cycle of, um, searching and searching and searching and trying to find something new and I had been to interviews and it was things that I didn't know if I truly wanted to do um I didn't want to move and I just felt like there wasn't anything for me 
So then I kind of got to this kind of in-between stage of I started a pet sitting business um, because that was something I could just go do, you know, um, I didn't have to go to school for it. I had a friend that had a pet sitting business that was going to step back and only do boarding. So I basically kind of inherited her clients. So I got into pet sitting and I did that for about three years. Um, And anybody that's ever been a professional pet sitter will tell you that it will take over your entire life, your entire life. Uh, Because you're working from six o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, seven days a week. You may have breaks in there, but it's still you have this commitment that you're you're responsible for this this living being and you've got to be there. So I was I wasn't really happy with that because I just didn't have any free time. And I had been grooming my own dogs. And at the same time, now I I don't have, I didn't have haircut dogs. I still don't have haircut dogs. I've got double coated dogs. So I had been grooming my own dogs, you know, like cute, um, trimming up cute little Aussie butts. And I also groomed my friend's dogs, which were um, golden retriever and um, Rottweilers. And I, you know, dribbling nails for them and doing all that stuff. And I would do, um, bath dogs at the boarding facility and then it just kind of took off from there so I started um, doing a little bit more here and there and I realized that I had kind of a a natural talent for it and then I was like okay I've got to go to grooming school but I couldn't afford to close my pet sitting business and that's when I found Paragon Online. So when you decided grooming was going to be your new path forward, that was going to be your new story. Didn't you share a story with me where you, 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 you told your family about uh, uh, you being a dog groomer, you're going to pursue being a professional dog groomer. What did your family think about your new choice? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think it took a long time for my dad to really understand that I was going into something that was a real profession um, my <laughs> husband was okay with it. Cause you know, he'd, he'd been with me through the pet sitting years and, but I don't think that he really understood what it was going to be. I was like, I'm going to buy this van and it's going to be awesome. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> but you know, it's scary because you're, I mean, it's um, almost a hundred thousand dollars. I'm digging into my retirement to buy this thing brand new, never even seen it before, never been to a trade show, you know, just, I'm going to do this and it's going to work. And I think that my dad thought that I was really insane, but (laughs) he's not really a dog lover. And he'll still say to me, I can't believe people pay you what they do. Well, and I bring that up too, Stacey, because it's such a great story because we've all got, you know, those folks in our lives that, that, you know, there, there are people out there right now that are, that are wondering, oh, if I go into that, is that going to be a profession that my, you know, that my loved ones are going to kind of look down their nose at or, or, or feel like, just to your point, is that a real job? People actually pay you how much to do what you do? And we're going to get to kind of what, you, what life has been like for you as, a, as an owner operator. 
uh, yeah. you know, of your business as well. But um, I brought that up too, because I wanted, I wanted the Hey Joe listener audience out there to know that sometimes, you know, our family can be super supportive and sometimes they're going to, they might look at us with some questionable, you know, or have some yeah. questions or looking at sort of, sort of questioning what our judgment is or what our decision is. So I think we, that's a, that's a mantle that we all carry in our, in our, in this industry is to continue to drive the industry to be more professional Mm-hmm. So that so that we have a higher degree of respect to the people that don't necessarily understand the industry as well as now what you do, uh, being uh, uh, in it for the period of time that you are. So what challenges when you decided that you were going to make this shift? What challenges did you? you what were a couple of maybe one or two of the top challenges you had to overcome to make this shift? Well, I think for me it was just kind of figuring out what I was going to do because I knew that I wanted to groom, but I didn't want to work in the salon because in my cosmetology years, I came to understand what it's like to work in a salon. And I'm pretty certain that working in a dog grooming salon is probably similar to working in a people salon. And I'm, I'm too old and set in my ways. And I I don't want to, I don't want to get involved in any drama. And I had been working on my own long enough that I knew that I wanted to be on my own. And I liked being on the road with pet sitting. And then I was, once I saw a mobile dog grooming van, I don't even remember now exactly how I found out that it existed. But once I saw that, I was like, that's it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make this happen. I don't know how, but I'm going to make it happen. So when you're talking about, yeah. So when you're talking about the expectations you had, right? So you, in your mind, you see this mobile van and you're like, that's going to be me someday, right? I'm going to, I'm going to make that happen. I don't know how, what expectations did you have about this career? What expectations came true? You know, it's sort of like one of those postcard moments, right? You get a postcard for a resort and, 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 and you're like, I'm booking my whole vacation based on this postcard. Then you (laughs) arrive at the, you arrive at the resort and you're like, where was this photo taken? Because this is far less than what I expected. But what expectations did you have about the, about the career that came true? Well, I expected that I was going to be busy, um, and I expected that it, that I would build relatively quickly because I already had an, a network in the local dog community um, because I, of my pet sitting clients. But I can tell you that you have you don't know what it feels like to be in demand until you're a mobile dog groomer in an area with no mobile dog groomers or very limited. Uh, mobile dog groomers so I think that was something that that I thought that I understood but that I didn't really um like I've had people um stop in the road to try to talk to me about grooming their dog I mean I'm, I'm sure you've heard these stories uh, people chase me when I'm driving and then knock <laughs> on the van and I don't think that you can really anticipate that until you've until you've experienced it. What were some of the uh, expectations that didn't come true? So what were some of the surprises that you're like, doggone it, I really expected this was going to happen and it hasn't happened yet or it went in a completely opposite direction of what I thought? Well, I can't really, I can't really think of anything right off that didn't that didn't go the way I planned as far as like what my business was. I think probably the biggest thing was like learning how to work with my generator. Um, And 
finding the people to help me work on it, that kind of thing was like, I didn't know what I was doing pretty much. Like, for example, in the first week that I had my van and in a wagon tails van, there's a toggle switch that you push on the upper side to turn the generator on. And then on the, the lower side of the toggle is to prime or to turn it off. And I was getting ready to go to a client's house and um, I'm like practicing in my driveway at home and I'm trying to start the generator and it won't start. And I'm like, I just paid all this money for this van and it's all messed up and blah. You know, it was like my stress level. You know, it was just like my brain was just in this big spiral. So I found a guy that would let me bring my van in and he would look at it right then. He took pity on me and there wasn't anything wrong with my van. I was pushing the prime side instead of the start side of the toggle. I mean, things like that, like, um, pushing the um the um handle on the water hose and the water wouldn't come out but I don't have the water pump turned on that kind of stuff that it just takes you a while to to learn being mobile because it's not like you know working inside in the salon or inside your home which is what I was doing before so one of the surprises what you're talking about then is 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 if I'm hearing you correctly some of the surprises that you just don't know what you don't know yet Exactly. And, and, and I've often said that that life or, or reality is the best classroom, right? Yes. It's a, it, it, we have to experience things in order to really learn what it is that we need to know about whatever we're, we're doing or, 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 or what direction we're going. So one thing, if I'm hearing you correctly, is you relied on some experts as well, right? You, you talked about listening to podcasts. You talked about calling other people. You talked about networking. So were those were those suppliers or some of these surprises for you of, of, of letting you know some of the things you didn't know that you didn't know? Uh, so um, one thing that's great about having a wagon tails van is anytime that you get freaked out, you can call them and they will help you. Um, actually, I, I just had an instance of that um, a few days ago. So um, shout out to wagon tails. They, they always help you out. And every time I've called them, it's basically been them helping me figure out what I'm doing wrong. Not that there's actually anything wrong with my van. And then um, the other thing that I depended on a lot was the videos on learntogroomdogs.com because anything that I didn't know how to do, I knew that I could look it up. You know, I could watch the video beforehand and go into it and, and be prepared. Um, I listen to podcasts pretty much all day, every day occasionally I'll listen to an audiobook but um I've learned vast amounts about products and um tools and techniques and just anything I can feed into my brain during the hours that I'm working that helps me grow my business it's been so, extremely helpful so let's talk about your business for a few minutes then what got you and, and I, I know you said you saw you were inspired you saw a van drive other than a pet sitting business, what got you think about, what got you really thinking about owning your own business? So, you know, did you, was it something that it was, it was just, it just clicked one day or was it something that, that you had to have some folks kind of talk to you through what owning, you know, doing your own thing on your own time and being your own boss is one thing, but owning a business, 
right? Owning a business, the, 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 the legal part, the organization, those types of things. What got you thinking about owning your own business? I think that it came through kind of like the lower level of self-employment of being a pet sitter. And to be perfectly honest, I'm still figuring out all the business stuff with an actual business that makes real money instead of pet sitting money. I mean, some people, some pet sitters make a lot. I didn't make that much. So like now I'm struggling with, um, scheduling myself the time to get organized the way that I need to be instead of grooming dogs all the time because it's hard to say no. Um, I would say that's probably one of the the biggest challenges of being a, a new entrepreneur is learning your limits and learning how to set some boundaries to give yourself time to figure that stuff out. Because I basically just kind of push through it. I just figure it out as I go. And that's probably not the very best way, but that's what I've done. Well, because as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you've got that entrepreneur spirit, right? Yeah. As an entrepreneur, in, when, you're, when you're a fledgling, when you're just starting your business, it, it, you're, you're almost desperate. You, you, you want to take as much business that'll come your way and you feel fortunate enough to have that amount of business. But before you know it, sometimes it can cover you up a little bit too, right? And then you yes. don't have time to yes. work. Uh, I've often said, and I've heard, believe me, this is not a Joeism and that I claim for myself, but I've often heard people say, you know, uh, we all suffer from needing to spend more time on our business than we do in our business. Yes. Yes. And that is definitely a challenge. And I've been, listening to a lot of kind of um, the business side of things with the podcast. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, how do I say this? I'm trying to kind of shift my perspective more to being a business owner and looking at this, at this as a business instead of, um, oh, I need to groom this dog because these people need me. And I've got a few clients that I know that I need to um, let go because I, I have too many. And I'm struggling with that aspect of it. Of I've got to look at this as a business. This, this client isn't as profitable and I need to let them go kind of thing versus I have to groom all the dogs because they need me. And you just can't groom all the dogs. You just can't. No, no. And, and, if you push yourself too far, too hard, there'll be less of you to go around later, right? Because this is a, this is a physical job. So yes, if we don't yes. allow ourselves to, to recoup mentally or physically and take care of ourselves, I mean, I've had Dr. Matt on who's a chiropractor who talks about taking care of your physical, you know, your physical presence, your physical uh, abilities and such so that we don't accidentally put ourselves on a path to shorten our career. So uh, uh, and again, I think that goes a lot for mentally too, and, and helping to just kind of stretch and exercise your mind. I'm very impressed to hear about listening to podcasts and just absorbing as much networking advice as you can get. So I think it's a great tip for the Hey Joe listener audience, uh, uh, audience out there uh, who are business owners. And, and listen, we're talking a lot about today on, on the podcast about being an entrepreneur and owner of a business, but some people are perfectly content being an employee. In fact, some are just as content being an employee as they are, as, as you might be being self-employed. So I think, but you're always responsible for your own, your own business, what it is that you personally contribute, whether it is to your 
your own, if you own your own business or somebody else owns your business, you still are a contributor to that business. Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, there's comfort in knowing when you're done with for the day that you're done for the day. When you're the owner, you're not done. And that's something I kind of struggle with with my husband because he was like, you've got to stop. You've got to quit responding to people. You've got to, um, you know, not always be doing something in the van. And I'm like, yeah, but I have to. It's mine. Nobody else is going to do it. And something that I've heard from, I'm trying to remember, it was the um, Women Petpreneurs podcast, and they're talking about outsourcing things before you hire employees. And that's something that I'm going to be taking a, a serious look at when I've got some time off over the holidays is um, finding someone that is reliable to clean my van, finding um, an accountant and letting go of some of the things that I have been holding on to as far as control goes. And that I, I need to do that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I've got to have the time to figure it out. I think that's some very sage advice. And, and I would absolutely, uh, you have my support in that area because I think that too many times we try to do things that are not our superpower or just mm-hmm. not maybe wired for. We can be yeah. scrappy when we first start a business or we first start doing something because we have to. To your point, it's sort of like the old-fashioned TV show Mayberry, right? Where the police chief is also the barber who is also the second grade <laughs> school teacher, right? Um, and, yeah. and, and unless that when a business starts, that's exactly the role you have to play. But at some point, you have to specialize. And I think at some point, you do have to come to that self-realization that you just can't do it all. And, and in fact, you might be even doing yourself and your business a disservice because it's not your superpower and you could be missing an opportunity, even if the opportunity is just to take a moment to breathe and refresh and recharge yourself, whether it be physically or mentally. So obviously you're this business owner, you, you, you've decided now to, 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 to buy your van. What did that feel like when the, the moment that you decided that you're going to do it and maybe the moment that you signed the papers, what did, what did that feel like? Was that like overwhelming? can remember when I was on the phone um, placing the the down payment for my van and keep in mind I've I've never even seen a dog grooming van at this point it's just something I decided I was like I'm going with this company this is what I'm going to do I mean I'd looked at the websites and I'd researched it as much as I could but I didn't have the opportunity to see one and I'm like I am literally giving these people my retirement money you know, like, it's like, it's scary. Oh, wow. That's heavy. Yeah. But um, thankfully, I had it, you know, that I I had a lot of opportunities because of starting this as a second or third or whatever career number this would be at this point. Um, because I had had the opportunity to save that money and put it aside and be able to pull it out to basically relaunch myself. Because losing a job um, is hard on you mentally. You know, like I had before in my life, I had felt like like a successful person. And even though I don't feel like that losing my job as a professor was like something that I had done wrong. um, It's just something that happened. It happens to a lot of people in higher ed. But it was really, really hard on me. And I never really 
fully recovered from that as a pet sitter because I wasn't making hardly any money. And we struggled with not adjusting our lifestyle down to match my new income. And I was like, I've got to do something. I have got to figure something out. I don't know what it is. I don't want to go back to um, teaching. I didn't want to work in the hospital. I didn't want to go back to work in a doctor. It was like I could think of all these things I didn't want to do. Um, and then it's like it's somehow it all just clicked. And I've, I feel more successful now as a dog groomer than I ever did before. I feel more appreciated. I feel happier. I'm more satisfied. I mean, it's like, how did I not know this was an option? But I didn't. Well, so so just a real quick reminder of the path that we've kind of walked through your story and in, in your life. Yeah, you you were you were successful. You had a, a steady income. You had a steady job. It sounded like you had a happy life. Those things. You weren't really pleased with your career necessarily. You kind of felt like, okay, you know, I want to do something different, but you just didn't know what it was. And then, bam, life hits you. Life served up a a, a major curveball right? A, yeah. a punch, a punch in the teeth to you. Uh, but that opened up maybe even your mind to thinking about something new. You were brave enough to explore. You surrounded yourself with smart people and information through networking, a podcast and a variety of different things to make your decisions along the way. And, and now here we are, you know, fast forward, you're, you're an owner operator of your own mobile grooming business. Uh, and, and, and you said you just celebrated, I think one year with your mobile grooming mm -hmm. business. What have you done? So, and again, you, you and, and all along the way, you were learning how to groom dogs, right? You are a Paragon yeah. student learning to groom dogs kind of around everything else that you're doing. So now you had this newfound skill and you have this, this business. What have you done with that in this past year? What does this past year look like for you? Well, um, obviously it's been really busy, but I have um, recovered financially from the, um, from the lean years, which is something that I feel amazing about. I've paid off a considerable amount of credit card debt um, with dog hair. Um, <laughs> I got a, um, a new car that I'm ma very comfortably making payments on with dog hair, and it's a nice car. Um, I have saved money. I have... I mean, I would have been traveling, but that hasn't really been a choice this year, but it's just this huge weight that has been lifted off my shoulders because of where this has taken me financially. And I am officially um, surpassed any amount of money that I made previously in my life. And it's like, on one hand, I feel like we've got to keep this secret of how much money you can make in dog grooming. But on the other hand, people need to know this is a real career and you can be very successful. You can be more successful than you can really even imagine. And again, Stacy, you know, mobile is not for everybody. I've heard I've heard some incredible success stories from people that are whether they own or even are an employee at a brick and mortar. So let's camp yes. out on that on that topic for just one one second. You've known a lot of dog groomers. You've networked with dog groomers and you've heard their success stories. I, I echo the point of how much uh, 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 how much potential there is, but the industry can only serve up so much. 
How much of it do you think depends on the person, the dog groomer themselves, the professional dog groomer? Well, I think it really, it all depends on you. Um, anybody can go out and, you know, if you've got the money, you can buy a van. Um, but you have to present yourself properly and you have to um, let people know that you're serious about taking care of their pet. And I think it's much more about them knowing that you care than it is about how the haircut looks if it's a haircut dog now granted it matters what it looks like but that's not the most important part the most important part is that the people are comfortable with you and they trust you when you take that dog in the van with you that the dog is not going to have a bad time and I always promise people that I will never do anything to their dog that I wouldn't do to mine and I'm 100% serious about it and and they believe me you know, Barley's on the side of my van. Um, he's the he's really one of the main reasons that I got started grooming in general because he got hurt at a groomer. Um, and from that point on, I decided nobody else is going to touch him but me. And th that's the, the main part. I, th I mean, the haircut matters, but the people want to know that their dog is safe right. and that they are right. happy. And that's number one. Right. And again, you know, even, uh, you know, an average groomer with average grooming skills, but who possesses above average client skills can almost write their own check in this business as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And here's another um, secret that I don't know why it's a secret is you don't really even have to do haircuts to make good money. When I first started out, um, I was doing probably... 90% bath dogs um, because that's what I felt the most comfortable with and I still do a lot of bath dogs I do a lot of um, large deep you know large double co coated breeds and I love doing that yes it's a mess but I like it and those are actually some of the very most profitable dogs that I have mm, good tip great tip to share so we're going to come to a close here with the podcast, but before I, before I let you go, what would you say if somebody out there, you know that there's somebody listening to this podcast right now that is, that is sitting in the parking lot, looking at the building where they're going into work and they're just, they're just miserable. They want to mm -hmm. do something different and they're contemplating dog grooming. What would you say about learning to dog, learning to groom dogs and actually taking the plunge and, and going after it? What would you say to them? I would say to make a plan to sit down and figure out what you need to do to make this happen and um, for me that was um, doing an online program because I didn't have the choice to attend um, school in person and just figuring it out making it happen I, I groom dogs in a room in my basement I groom dogs outside on the porch at my friend's boarding business. I found the dogs from people that I knew. I bought the equipment. I did, you know, I just did what I had to do to make it work outside of my other commitments. And that's, I think, probably the beauty of this day and age is that you actually do have the choice to do this stuff outside of the like regular like business hours so to speak because 
you can go online and watch videos and teach yourself something any time of day. It doesn't have to be, you know, going to school five days a week and you can do it. I did it and other people can do it too. Absolutely. But you have to. And I'm sorry, and you make a great point is that you, if, if you need the money that you're making, you don't have to quit. Exactly. You don't have to quit. Have to quit. Not yet. <laughs> That's you're... right. That's right. <laughs> so make your plan, go to school, get comfortable, make sure that you are, you have to be confident, you know, be confident in what you're doing and that you know you can do it and then just do it. You know, make oh. the plan and just do it. I, I love that. Yeah, no, I, I love that, Stacey. And then just saying, listen, I, I think it's, it's, it's putting the steps in place. And I think you've really helped a lot of people sort of maybe identify where they are in their career, whether they are in the pet industry or not yet, um, or if they are in the pet industry, maybe even to take the next step and learn a new skill, learn something mm-hmm. new, put, put yourself in a new, uh, in a new realm or, or, or improve your client, uh, your, your client skills. Uh, more if you're if you're an average pet groomer and inclu- improve your client skills even more so Stacy, I really do appreciate you being part of the Hey Joe uh, podcast I, again I've been looking forward to this day and I'm so glad we were able to connect and make it happen and I am certain that you have made a positive impact on lots of people out there so thank you for doing that and thank you for being who you are well thanks for having me it, it feels kind of surreal actually on this end because I've I've listened to so many podcasts that I don't know. It, it's weird on this side, Joe. It's weird. <laughs> Somebody talking to me and asking me something. Well, and, and what's even more weird is listening to yourself when this podcast airs. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Casey, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great night.